Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. We're on the subject of faith this month. I begin to share on the principles of faith. Uh, just to quickly recap, why do we need faith? You know, why is faith such an important subject? Well, we know that according to Hebrews 11:6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you want to live a life that's going to be pleasing to the Lord, you need faith. We saw in Hebrews 10:38 and Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, the just or the righteous shall live by faith, right? So we are to live by faith. So faith is our lifestyle. Amen. Amen. The righteous, the just, God's people are to live by faith, walk by faith. Also, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight. So our, it's called the faith walk. Amen. Our, our Christian walk is a faith walk. Amen. The Christian life is a life of faith. In... Uh, in Mark eleven twenty two, why faith? Because Jesus said to have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. So that's important to understand. What is the God kind of faith? The God kind of faith is the kind of faith that speaks. God caused all things to be created by faith. All things, the Bible tells us that all things that are seen have been created from things that are unseen. It comes from the unseen realm. So faith is from the unseen realm. God speaking from the unseen realm caused the things that are seen now, which are temporal. The things that are not seen are permanent and eternal. The things that are seen are temporal. They will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but Jesus said, my word will never pass away. So God's word is the word of faith. When God speaks, it's the word of faith. It's a declaration of faith. He speaks by faith. Everything he speaks is spoken by faith. And then it's going to cause things to come to pass. Nothing God speaks returns void. So what kind of faith are we talking about? You know, you might have heard this Christian cliche. Well, God created everything out of nothing. That's not true. God created everything out of the substance of faith. It, was, it didn't come out of nothing. It came from a spiritual substance called faith. When God spoke the word, that was the substance. And whatever he spoke manifested. Amen? Okay. Romans chapter 3, verse 28, um, 5-1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Galatians chapter 2, 16. Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, all of those tells us that we are justified by faith. So how are we justified? By faith. What is justification? What is it to be justified? Say this after me. Just as if I never sinned. So when you're justified, you're made righteous by faith, by the blood of Jesus. Amen. It's like you've never sinned. God looks at you. It's just as if you have never sinned. That's what it means to be righteous. You have, you're not condemned. There's nothing to condemn you. You haven't sinned. He's wiped away and remitted all your sins. So that means you're no longer a sinner. 
You should no longer identify as a sinner. You need to identify as the righteousness of God in Christ, right? That's what 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation or a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. So you are made new. You, you, have, you receive a new nature. Your sinful nature is taken away, and you receive the divine nature. And you become the righteousness of God in Christ, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21. Okay? And Romans 9.30 also tells us we're justified by faith. Uh, we're still talking about why faith, why we need faith. Romans 4.23 Romans 4.23, that which is not of faith is sin. That which is not of faith is sin. So obviously when you're not in faith, you're in sin. So if you're in fear, guess what? You're in. If you're worrying, if you're anxious for everything, when the Bible says be anxious for nothing, you're in sin. So you don't want to be in sin because what, is, what does sin do? Opens the door for the enemy to manifest. What does faith do? opens the door for God to manifest. So which one would you rather have? The devil manifesting or God manifesting? What do you want to attract? Demons or the blessing of God? You want to attract the Holy Ghost, His power, His anointing? You have to be in, in faith because faith releases the anointing. Faith is, uh, uh, and the anointing is faith activated, all right? A couple more here, three more. Ephesians 2, 8 says, we're saved by grace through faith. So what is grace? Everything that God makes available to us is by grace. But we receive it by faith, through faith. So it's like grace is God reaching out and faith is us reaching out. And then that's how we meet God halfway. But he always takes the initiative. By grace, he's taken the initiative. He's made everything available. Everyone can be saved. But is everyone saved? No, because by faith they have to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Everyone can be healed. Is everyone healed? No, because by faith we have to receive our healing. Everyone can be blessed. But is everyone blessed? No, because by faith we have to receive his blessing. So that's why faith is so important. So whatever is missing or lacking in our lives is usually a sign that maybe there's, we're lacking in the area of faith in that area. And we have to develop our faith in every area of our lives. Some people are very good at receiving provision, but they're not very good at receiving healing why because you have to develop your faith in every area of your life you don't want to leave an area weak because if you leave it weak it gives the opportunity to the enemy because the enemy is usually not going to attack you in the strong area he's going to try to attack you in the weak area so you want to make sure that you don't have any weakness which i'm going to actually get into tonight i'm going to talk about weak faith strong faith little faith great faith that bible talks about so that's what i'm trying to get to now and then 1 John 5.4 tells us we overcome the world by faith. 1 John 5.4, we overcome the world by faith. So we need to have faith to overcome. And of course, finally, uh, if you can actually find Hebrews 6.12, uh, I want to start with this one. Um, Nicole, if you can display for me Hebrews 6, verse 12. Thank you. Uh, can you change the one on the... That's fine, but I mean, yeah, it's okay. In order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggers, but imitators behaving as those who through faith 
by their learning of their entire, by leaning of their entire personality in God and Christ in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness to amplify it. That's why it's really loud. Okay. By practice of patience, patient endurance, and waiting now, inheriting the promises. Can you maybe just show me the New King James on that one so I can just kind of point something out here? That you do not become sluggish. This is important. What does that mean? Don't become passive in your faith. You, your faith always has to be engaged. Your faith always needs to have a target. If you don't have things you believe in God for, if you don't have goals, if you don't have promises you're pressing in for to attain, what has happened is you, become, you have become sluggish. You become passive. You, you want to make sure that your faith is always engaged. That you, your faith is always aimed and your faith always has a target, okay? And, and here's another thing. You can't have too many targets at the same time. You know, when it comes to big things, you need to be focusing on one big thing at a time. You know, it's like you, you focus on one giant. You hit that thing, you take it up, you, get to the, you go to the next one. You know, you can't, your faith can't be scatter shooting. Your faith has to be aimed, Okay? So you need to, your faith needs to be engaged. Your faith needs to have something that you're focused on, you're believing for. You know, it's before your eyes, in the spirit. You're believing, you're speaking, you're praying, you're thanking God for it. And your faith is engaged. And it's specific. It's got to be very specific. The reason a lot of times people's faith aren't working is because it's not specific. Lord, feed every person on, in, on the planet. Well, no. Lord, who do you want me to feed today? Show me, and I'm believing God that I can feed somebody today. I can feed 10 people this week. You know, whatever. You got to have something specific. Lord, give me money. It's like, how much? Lord, give me money. How much? Lord, give me money. How much? I mean, it's like, you know, if my daughter came to me, Dad, I need some money. I'm like, okay, how much do you need, honey? I don't know. Just give me something. Okay, here's 20 bucks. Well, that's not going to do it. I need $100 because I'm going out with, you know, with the youth to some. Okay, well, why don't you ask for 100 So you got to be specific, okay? So your faith has to be specific. Lord, heal me. Okay, what's wrong with you? Heal. Lord, no, not Lord, heal me. Lord, you've already healed me, and I'm receiving healing in my knees, in my lower back, whatever it is. got to be specific, okay? So you don't become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience... Inherit the promises. Two things, two ways you inherit every promise in the Word of God. And there are over 3,000 promises in the Word of God. When you're studying the Bible, you've got to be studying in, with intention, intentionally. You've got to be, when you're reading the Word, identify the promises. Get the promise Bible. I've talked about this one before. I'll, I'll talk about it again tonight. I forgot to bring it out, but um, I'll... I'll um, Maybe, Josh, can you go into my office and grab that Bible promises for men? It's like that or orangey color. It should be on the shelf, top shelf or somewhere in, in my office. There's a shorter way, you know. <laughs> get, a, get a promise Bible. You know, um, I've talked about this before. Who has a promise Bible? Okay, I'll, I'll show you what a promise Bible looks like, okay? But, I mean, you can create your own promise Bible, obviously. That's the best way as you study the Word. But what I'm talking about, a promise Bible, 
is studying, when you study the Bible, I recommend studying topics. I mean, read the Bible from front to back. You can do a one-year Bible reading plan. That's good. But also, it's important that you get topics because, you know, you're fighting the good fight of faith. Okay, so here's one I recommend, and there's a ladies' version. This is the complete personalized promised Bible for men. James Riddle. Okay, he's got multiple versions of this. Who's got something like this? There's one for um, men. There's one for women that has the lilac, pinky, lilac color. Okay, the man has the earth tones, you know, okay. <laughs> okay, but get one of these. I mean, this, you know, this man has taken scriptures and put them under topics. There's like, I don't even know, over 100 different topics. And all the different, you know, scriptures, okay, long life, joy and happiness, inheritance, identification, honors and rewards, the Holy Spirit, grace, guidance, healing, strength, salvation, righteousness, redemption, protection, prosperity, promotion. I mean, all, and so he's taken scriptures and he's used multiple different, you know, translations. And he's also put confessions, which I'm going to talk about because your faith needs to be confessed. So there's like faith confessions in here. So you need to dig deep in these and the area that you want to develop yourself in you know if you're a person that needs boldness you, you that's an area go find the one on boldness courage if you're pressing in for healing get the scriptures on healing meditate on them day and night speak them read them confess them not just once not just twice i mean till you get the breakthrough till it just gets in a, gets in your bones you're living it you're breathing it and it's just like it's taken over your mind and now when it's taken over your mind, that's all you can think about. Guess what? Your mind has now been renewed. Okay, so that's why, I mean, you've got to be intentional. And you've got to put in the work. You've got to put in the time. You know, this is very, very, very important. Through faith and patience, you will inherit the promise. What is patience? Well, it's going to take time. You know, give it to me and give it to me now. Well, that's not patience. So some things you're going to have to go through the process and and you're going to have to be patient in the process of developing your faith, renewing your mind, getting that word in your bones. It's not your word like a fire shut up in my bones. It's not your word like a fire in my mouth, in my bones. It's not your word like a fire, right? It's not your word like a hammer that breaks the rock. And you've got a big rock you're breaking in your life, probably not going to just take one. You're going to have to take a sledgehammer. And you're going to have to hit that thing and keep hitting it and keep chipping away and keep chipping away and keep chipping away until, chipping away until you break that rock of fear, that rock of debt, rock of whatever insecurity, whatever that area is, you're going to have to hit that thing and hit that thing and hit that thing like a battering ram until you break it and you break through it. Okay? Are you getting something out of this? So you're going to have to put in the work. I'm teaching you principles. This is why we call it principles of faith. But now you have to get into it. So tonight I'm going to talk about the operation of faith, which is about how we imitate those who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. Well, how did they do it? They believed God. And they didn't give up. And someone waited years. You know? Abraham had to wait 25 years for the fulfillment of one of the promises that the Lord gave him. So... There's that faith. There's that part of long-suffering. And your flesh will suffer when you're waiting. And your flesh is 
fidgety and, and impatient and me, 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 now, now, now. Like, you know, but your flesh is, you're going to have to put your flesh under and your spirit man is going to have to be in charge of your life so you're not led by emotions because your flesh is going to lead you. It's going to be up and down and, and you can't be emotional. Okay? And, you know, when you get frustrated, when you haven't seen it and, uh, and then your flesh can take over and, and all the wrong emotions and, and the fleshly thoughts, the carnal thoughts can start to come into play like, oh, it's not happening. And then the devil's there. Yeah, God's left you and all this and you're not going to get it. You're not going to see the breakthrough. You might as well give up. Stop going to church. Stop reading the word. Stop praying. Not working. See? See, it's not working. I've been telling you it's not working. See? He's there to do that. Beat you up. Don't listen to those lies. Tell them to shut up. Tell them to shut up. Okay? All right. So we, why do we need faith? And we talked about some of these principles of faith. Faith comes by hearing. So let's go to Romans 10, 17. How does faith come? Okay. We'll just be patient with Nicole. She hasn't done this that much, so thank you, Nicole. Romans 10, 17. So then, faith comes. Okay, let's stop right there. Faith comes. So faith is something that's going to come. Okay? Faith needs to come into your life, into your heart. But how does it come? It comes by hearing CNN. BSNBC, I'm sorry, is it MSNBC? No, no, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing Aunt Susie, no. Sister Bucket Mouth, Prophet Doodad, no. By hearing the word of God. And here's the good thing, you don't need anybody. You've got the word of God. I wish my pastor would just call me and encourage me. They text me, they text me, I'm in a meeting. I can't even get to them six hours later. I'm offended. You never call me back. Like, excuse me, like, I, I'm just seeing your message. You need to build that spiritual maturity of being able to go to the word for yourself. Not always be relying on somebody else. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when you hear the word now, and it's not just hearing with your ears, it's hearing with your heart okay so let's think about this paul was praying that the eyes of their understanding would be open we talk we see now hearing the word bible talks about oh taste and see that the lord is good okay i mean where's god I'm, i want to lick him and see how good it, he tastes no it's not that kind of taste touch the lord touched him and the power of God touched him, right? So, okay, so this, there's a touch. So what, what are these? These are spiritual senses. Just like you have the five physical senses, you also have the five spiritual senses. Remember, your spirit man, your spirit woman, the real you, because you are a spirit, you have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. The body is the least important. Bible says flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. Even though our outer man decays and gets older, but our inner man is being strengthened and renewed day by day. So 
it's talking about the spirit the real you the eternal you your spirit that your born again spirit has five senses the sense of sight being able to see through your spirit hear through your spirit so this is not just hearing with your ears because it can go in one ear go out the other it's hearing with your heart hearing with your spirit okay so faith comes by hearing with your spirit and hearing the word of God that that word there in the Greek is not logos it's the word rhema which is a spoken spoken word so because something has to be spoken for you to hear it I'm speaking the word tonight you're hearing it it's helping build your faith right you can hear scriptures you can listen to scriptures you can listen to sermons I mean I've got now many 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 podcasts on Spotify go find listen to when you're driving you know listen to scriptures listen to sermons listen I mean there there are some sermons I've listened to a hundred times you know and then listen to yourself hear your own voice that means speak out the scriptures okay S speak scriptures out loud personalize them Psalm 46 verses 5 and 4 and 5 there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God the holy place of the tabernacle of the most high God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved God shall help her just as the break of dawn so take this personalize it there's a river that flows through me because you're the tabernacle you're the temple bringing joy into my life God is within me and I shall not be destroyed the very God of the universe my heavenly father is my ever-present help he will never leave me nor forsake me I mean think about that now you're just confessing you're personalizing and confessing this promise and now you're hearing yourself okay so just take scriptures like to take scriptures on healing speak them confess them okay take scriptures on provision speak them confess them okay so who is the greatest voice of faith in your life say I am say my voice is the greatest voice of faith in my life you know why because there's nothing like you speaking God's word and hearing yourself speak God's word so it goes out of your mouth comes back in your ear goes down in here and goes in here comes out of your mouth you're just regurgitating the word for yourself so you take the word and speak it and hear it there's not enough of this happening I don't want everyone here to become dependent on just a healing school you have to get into the word for yourself there are go to our website we have blogs teaching blogs we have scripture confessions get books like this I mean um, you know there's so much out there pastor Rodney has the healing scriptures there's piano playing and he's speaking all the healing scriptures it goes for like an hour maybe even longer play that over and over and over and over again man it's anointed and there's other other things like that out there so
Um, you can make your own confessions. Read them. Play your own confessions while you're driving. And do your own daily confessions. This is something the church has gotten away from. We've become too sluggish. We become too lethargic. We become too dependent on other people. And, and you got churches now where you get literally a 20, 25 minute self-help message with two or three scriptures. And people aren't taught these things. You know, they just go one hour Sunday morning, do their little thing. And that's, that's all they kind of like trying to survive on the rest of the week. That's not going to get you through anything. And here at the river, you're going to get a lot of word. But you also need to get in the word for yourself. So I'm, I'm challenging it. Who has daily scripture confessions? Even if you start with five scriptures, start somewhere. Start somewhere. You know, start right now with where you need to get some breakthroughs. Go find scriptures. Write them down. Memorize them. Take them and confess them every morning and every evening. Just take five, ten minutes. Just start somewhere. But, but fight the good fight of faith by having scriptures that you are confessing, you're speaking. Okay, because faith comes by the spoken word of God, not by the logos. If it's just sitting on your table, it's logos. No faith is going to come to you from that until you read it, you hear it, and then now it gets into your heart. Okay, start. Doesn't have to be something big. Okay, married couples. You and your wife, you know, husbands and wives, you know, you guys get together and do that together. Confess together. Confess with your kids. Teach your kids to confess the word. We have, we teach them to confess scriptures. It's their scripture. They're memorizing and confessing this. They're taught to confess it every day. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power, love, and a sign, mom. Two to five-year-olds are doing this. They can do it. I'm sure you can do it too. Kids are learning my mission. God has a plan and purpose for my life, and I have a mission. So they're learning that. Every month they have something else. My worship, my, my, uh, my road map, my worship, my treasure, my Jesus, my mission. You know, So it, there's 12 of them. Every month they, they're going through the different 12 pillars of, of their faith. So we're teaching them young to, have, to learn, memorize scripture, and confess them. So... And we can get real busy as adults and get a little bit sluggish, lethargic. We've got we to get, get on this. We've got to get much stronger with building our faith and having confessions, scriptures that we confess. Okay? Why? Because faith comes by hearing. Galatians 5, 6, faith working through love. Okay? Faith comes by hearing and then works through love. What does that mean? You have to be walking in love. If your heart gets full of bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, your faith is not going to work. That's why Jesus, when he's talking about in Mark 11, speak to that mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. And if you will say, and you will not doubt, and you will have what you say, but make sure that when you stand to say and pray that you forgive. Because if there's unforgiveness, faith doesn't work. Because unforgiveness is sin, unforgiveness is doubt, unbelief. And it hinders your faith. And so, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So your heart has to be full of forgiveness and love and grace so that you can speak in faith. So that your faith will have power to move mountains. Even one word. Be thou removed. 
be thou cast into the sea, and you can move a mountain. Obviously, we don't have any mountains here in Florida. We don't need to be moving mountains. But what is the mountain? There are different mountains. It could be a mountain of debt. It could be a mountain of fear. It could be mountains of financial issues. It could be mountains of emotional insecurity. It could be mountains of uh, relational issues in your family. And everyone's got different mountains they're fa f facing. But whatever your mountain is, that mountain will not move until you begin to speak to it. Not speak about it. Speak to it. David, from the youth group, anointed by Samuel to be king. He was a youth. He was a young man. He goes to face Goliath. Goliath is coming out shouting every day. He's speaking and he's intimidating the entire army of Israel. And they're all hiding behind the bushes. Here comes David, young man. What does he do? He speaks. Today... I'm going to take you out and I will feed your flesh to the car uh, your, uh, your carcass to the birds of the air. You uncircumcised Philistine. He's speaking by faith. And then Goliath is literally mocking him because he can't believe he was tall. Nine, yeah, nine feet. So here comes a youth, one of the kids from the youth group, challenging the this giant and the giants, you know, mocking him like, seriously? He's like, oh, yes. And I'm actually going to cut your head off with your own sword. <laughs> what? You come with me with that sling? Oh, yeah. Boom. How was David, young David, able to take out that giant? By speaking in faith. By speaking in faith. Because that giant would come out and shout every day. And that was intimidating the entire army until someone came. See, fear also works by hearing. Same principle. Spirit of faith, spirit of fear. They're both spirits. Fear comes by hearing. And hearing the word of the devil. And hearing the word of... CNN and the globalists and the doubtful and the religious and the naysayers, you know, depends on who you're listening to. That's why you got to be very, very careful. You got to protect your ears because it's the gateway into your heart. Amen. Okay. Faith is always in the now. Hebrews 11.1. 1. I'm still kind of reviewing, but I'm adding things. This is good. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And by the way, when I was here last week. I heard this. You got to hear it again. 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 Repetition brings revelation. Even, you know, even people in the world tell, tell, tells us that you have to hear something like 11 times to, to get it. You know, so I've heard 11, I've heard 12, I've heard 15, whatever, but you know, at least 10, more than 10. You got to hear something over and over again. And that's why it's so important to have those scripture confessions that you confess daily. You'll do it, you'll do it, you'll do it. Like on the 10th day, boom, it'll click. The lights will come on. Like, wow, I get it. Something happened. What happened? It got in my spirit. Once it gets in your spirit, man, it's there. It's seated in your spirit. Guess what's going to happen? It's going to bear fruit. All right? 
Faith is always in a now faith, not yesterday's faith, not tomorrow's faith. Now faith. Faith is always in the now. It's the substance of things hoped for. See, hope is always in the future. Faith is always in the now. So you can't operate in, well, I'm just hoping and praying that someday, somehow, God's going to heal me. God will heal. I hear people, God will heal me. When? They look at me. You need to say, God has healed me. It's mine now. I take it in Jesus' name. I believe it. I speak it. And I thank him for it now in Jesus' name. That's how faith operates and speaks. It's the evidence of things not seen. You don't have to see it to believe it. You have to believe it to see it. You don't want to be like Thomas. He's called doubting Thomas for a reason. Why? Because he doubted when they told him, we've seen him. He's risen. Nah, I don't believe it. What is it going to take for you to believe? Well, I want to see him first. I want to touch him. I want to see those uh, nail-pierced hands. And, you know, when I see it, I'll believe it. And eight days later, Jesus shows up, and Thomas goes, let me see, Lord. And Jesus shows him the scars, and he's like, yeah, I believe that. Jesus is like, why did you doubt? Instead of getting a commendation, he got a rebuke. Why did you doubt? They've been telling you for eight days. They were witnessing to you what they saw. They've been telling you, I'm risen. Why did you doubt? You believe now because you've seen. He goes, but blessed are those who have not seen but yet believe. Right? So where am I going to see it? you got to see it in the Word. you got to see it in the Word. you got to see it in, you know, 1 Peter 2.24. By his stripes we were healed. Do you see it? Do you, did you hear it? Yes. Then you need to believe it. Faith comes by hearing. All right? So... Um, that's, that's the operation of faith, right? The eyes of your spirit, ears of your spirit. You have to see it in here. If it's written in the word, there it is. That's evidence enough. If the word says it, that settles it. Okay? That's how we have to be, all right? The next operation of faith, uh, let's go to Romans 10, 9, and 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. So say this after me. If I confess with my mouth and if I believe in my heart. Okay. What is that? Whatever promise. Whatever promise is in the word of God. This obviously is referring to salvation. But it's not only for salvation. It doesn't only work for salvation. It works for every promise. You will be saved. For with the heart, see, right after that, it tells you the operation of faith. The first part is about salvation, but it's not only limit, limited to salvation, because then the next part tells you that it works for everything. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you, with the heart, you believe. With the mouth, you confess. So faith comes by hearing. You hear it. It gets in your heart. You say, I believe it. See, when you hear God's word, you need to immediately say, I believe it. You'd be surprised how many times I'm standing here on a Sunday, I'm preaching the word, and I hear the arguments. I literally hear the resistance. I literally hear people saying, I don't believe that. Oh, there he goes again talking about money. Oh, there he goes again talking about this. And I don't talk about that. I hear it. I hear the arguments. I see the faces. I see the arguments. I hear it in the spirit. I feel the resistance. Sometimes there'll be pockets of resistance. 
There'll be like a pocket here, just resistant. I'll come over here and I feel like they're just soaking it up like a sponge. I feel people pulling on the anointing. I'm serious. Sometimes I'll lay hands on people. I feel the anointing go right out of my hand, bounce right and come right back to me. Or bounces over them, go hits the usher, the catcher. And then other times, I, before, I even, I come, before I even get to lay hands on people, I, I, I'm, I'm praying for somebody and I f- feel somebody else <laughs> sucking it right over here next. And you've done this long enough, pray for tens of thousands of people, preach thousands of messages. You feel it. You, 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 you get used to it. Like my spirit is trained. And I, feel, I can feel the resistance. And sometimes people don't understand. When I feel the resistance, I hit it. You see me, I'm about to move on, and I'm like, I can't move on. I go, I stay on it. I stay on it because why? I have to break that thing. I have to break that thing. I have to break that resistance to help that person because they're sitting there going, I wish you would just move on. And when I, you know what? I think I'll stay on that right now for another few more minutes because there's a flow to the spirit and when you become, when you get in tune to it, you feel it. And, 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 and you, you know, because the Holy Spirit is not going to be dictated to. Because the worst thing you can tell the Holy Spirit is move on. He's like, you know what, I think I'll stay here and I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that right now. That little attitude you got, I'll help you with, I'll deal with it because you need it. You may not want it, but you need it. They want candy. Kids want sugar and candy, but they need broccoli. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Brussels sprouts, carrots. Gloria grew up, her her, her snacks were carrots, uh, broccoli, Cauliflower, she never had, she, we never fed her sugar, never. She didn't even know what sugar was. She was curious. And she'd go to some kid's house, and then they all, they're all eating sugar, and she didn't eat it. And, and she's asking the mommy for, do you have carrots? <laughs> Train up a child. Train up your spirit. You don't want, your spirit doesn't want, need, you may want sugar, but you need broccoli. Okay. You got to change your ta- spiritual taste buds. Unfortunately, the problem is people come here, we, we serve seven-course organic meal. But they've been eating popcorn and cotton candy at the Seeker Friendly Church. That's the problem. While they were watching movies, July at the Movies Month. And they're like, wow, what is this? <laughs> well, it's just, it's an acquired taste. I had, a, uh, I had a preacher friend. I mean, he was super overweight, and he was, he was way over 300 pounds, 350, um, and he was just always traveling and just eating stuff, and then uh, he was trying to get a breakthrough. He decided to go on a fast. I don't remember how. He, I think he went on like a 40-day fast, and the Lord spoke to me. He says, the very first thing you eat when you break your fast is what you're going to have a taste for. So he ate an orange and a banana, but all he ate was just always... And, and we travel always to, I mean, people, unfortunately, every, everywhere 
bakes a cake. You're the guest speaker in the church. They want to bake a cake. You get a German chocolate cake. You get this. You get that. I mean, everybody wants to somehow, nobody wants to bring you broccoli and carrots. They always want to bring you cake. No, seriously. So, I mean, he, and he just was just eating, eating, cake, cake, cake. You preach at 11 o'clock at night, you're eating cake. It's not good for you. So, so he, you know, he had like no taste for, for um, fruits. You can get your sugar, natural sugar from fruits. Not the high fructose corn syrup and all the other stuff, which is like literally poison to your liver. But that's another message for another time. Or maybe should I stay on it? I don't know. I'm feeling some resistance right now. I just found out that I offended somebody because I said you shouldn't eat McDonald's and fast food. They got offended with me because they like McDonald's. And they said, I put a curse on them. What are you talking about? I put a curse on you. What are you talking about? You said if I eat McDonald's. I never said that. I said, you shouldn't eat it. It's not good for you. But I didn't put a law on you. You can go eat whatever you want. Go out, eat from the dumpster. I don't, for all I care. I'm trying to help people here. And then they get offended. Sorry. Anyways, all right. Moving right along. And you know this one. James chapter 2, verse 20. But you don't. That faith without works is dead. What does that mean? Faith needs action. You also have to act on what you believe. You can't just sit and believe. That's not faith alone. That's only believing. But faith is completed when you speak it and you act on it. So faith has to be completed. Oh, think about this. In James 1, you don't need to go there, but James 1, it says, talks about temptation all right temptation comes right that's the opportunity to resist it but it says if you receive the temptation right it's like a seed eventually it will run its full course and then it'll turn into sin right why because the action comes first comes the thought then the action just because you have a thought doesn't mean you have sinned. The thought comes, it means you're being tempted. So don't feel condemned. When the thought comes, just understand that you're being tempted. You take authority over the thought, you resist it. But if you allow the thought, you receive the thought, it's going to eventually, the Bible says, conceive and it'll turn into sin. When it runs its full course, right? Why? So faith is the same way. The word of God is the seed, right? You've been born again of incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. So when you've received the word, it's now a seed. You need to receive it. It needs to be seeded there, and it needs to conceive and turn into action, run its full course. So same exact way. Faith works by love, and faith without works is dead. That means there has to be action of faith, all right? So I've kind of recapped now, but I've added some things. So let's now talk, move on to something else. Let's talk about the three kinds of faith. The three kinds of faith. Are, so if, are there any questions so far? Yes. How big is believing some, like you said, to target your faith mm -hmm. to something specific? Mm -hmm. So like, can you be believing for like a family member's salvation, but also be, because that's not, that's not like a giant 
right? A giant would be like, can you explain like what you mean? No, like of course a giant? you can be believing for many, many things. Yeah. But when it comes to some really, really big thing in your personal life, you, you know, you can usually apply your faith on one, one thing at a time, one area at a time. You know, you got to target an area, get the victory, then, then move on, you know. Or if it's concerning provision, target that area. If you believe in God for a house, target an area. If you believe in God to establish a business, target that area. Focus your faith in that area, you know. And then here's also another important thing, obviously. You got to have a word from the Lord. You can't just be believing for things that are not in, in first either in line with scripture or not in line with God's plan for your life. So you got to have a word. You got to hear from the Lord. If it's not, you know, if God speaks to you and you know it and you have confirmation, then now you got a word. So because you need to have a word to be able to believe. If he says go north and you, tr you believe in God to go south, it's not going to work. I mean, God said to Jonah, go to Nineveh. He goes the opposite direction, gets on a boat to Tarshish, and then he's sinking now. He's, it's, a, it's a big mess, and there's a storm, and they know that he's the problem, so they throw him overboard. And then a fish comes and eats him, and he has indigestion because he's got a disobedient prophet in his belly. <laughs> he's got heartburn. He's going to go spit him out. <laughs> You know, it's pretty bad when you're in the belly of a fish for three days. Basically dead, you know. So you got to make sure that, you, you know, you, your believing and your confession and your action is in line with, with, with God's word for you. If it, whether it's a general word you have, I mean, everyone can go to the Bible for healing. But then there's other specific words that he'll give you, you know, He'll give you a word that's going to be different than the word he's going to give me for your personal life. You have to be able to hear that and understand that. Make sure that you're not acting, you know, uh, with presumption or foolishness that you're acting in faith. What is presumption? That you're presuming that that's what God wants, but it's really not. And I've seen people kind of, you know, get frustrated because they got something that, ah, I really believe this is God, but it's not. You know, something else is leading them, you know. I get it all the time. I believe God's telling me to leave the church, but they're offended. God's not leading them out. The offense is leading them out. And you're trying to talk to them, and no, I'm not offended. And then you sit there, listen to them for an hour, and you hear nothing but offense. So you know it's an offense. Yes. Going back to what you were saying about the hearing the word of God, how do you know that is the word from God? I mean, because I know sometimes, the, you know, you come in and you have a word or, you know, you have someone praying for you, they have a word. But when you don't have that, how do you know is that is the word, that's the will, that's the way he wants okay. you to proceed? All right. So there is a word and there is the word. So if you don't have a word, you got the word, the Bible. Okay. Go to the Bible, go to the Bible, go to the Bible and do that, do that, do that. And the other stuff will come. So just pray until you... No, not just pray. Do the word. word. Don't just be waiting on a word. You have no, no, whole, bi we... whole Bible full of words. Uh, the, the, the issue what I found is that okay. if, if people are walking in line with the word of God, they love God's word, they're studying it, they're, they're learning, they're, they're just applying it, the, it comes a lot easier to get the other special stuff. But the problem is... You got a lot of people looking to get a word. They run from some prophetic conference to some other person. 
but it's like they don't even open their ever open their Bible. So to me, it's really not that hard to get a word from God. When you're faithful with the Bible, what's, what's being given to you, the rest comes a lot easier. Okay, let's move to operation, uh, the three kinds of faith. So let's go to the first one. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one or given to each one a measure of faith. Okay. So the, of the three kinds of faith I'm going to talk to you about, the first one is a measure of faith or the measure of faith. Okay. For, for by the grace, the unmerited favor given to me. Okay. So I want you to notice two things here. There's two important words. There's grace and there's faith. Okay. There's grace given. See? Grace given to me. And then you go on and on. And then you say, according to the degree of faith apportioned by God or given. Degree or measure of faith. So there's grace given and faith given. Okay? So there are different graces given to different people. Okay? I mean, I have received a grace because I'm the pastor of this church. Because of my unique calling and position, I need, I need that grace to do that. Okay? Now, you're not, you're not going to have that grace. You understand me? But you have a grace that I don't have. Okay, if you're out there and God's called you to, you know, you're not in full-time ministry, but you're in full-time business, you need a grace for that. If that, wherever God's called you, he has to grace you. And here's what happens to people. They step into areas outside of their calling or, outside, or, or in the wrong time, and they're not graced for it. Okay. Because what happens with the grace given to you, there's also a measure of faith that's given to you. See, because of my calling, I can operate in a, a measure of faith that's been apportioned to me by God that you won't be able to operate in. So everyone, according to their calling, the grace that they have received, because if you actually look at this chapter, Romans 12, it talks about giftings. So this is in context of God's gift and calling, and especially the ministry gift on your life. There are different kinds of ministries, different kinds of callings, different. So you're going to be graced for what God calls you. And so if you want to operate in the grace, you need to be in your calling. And with your calling is going to come not only the grace that God is going to give you, but also a measure of faith that comes with it. So God's actually gifting you faith for you to operate in your calling that's pretty awesome people ask me all the time, i mean you know, <laughs> thank god for the grace he's given me and the measure of faith that comes with it otherwise i just move to the island of fiji and become a dive master or something get away from the ministry no because but i'm gifted for, and, and i'm i'm gifted and i'm graced for it and so that's why, you know, and then I look at other ministers like, man, I don't know how that guy does it. You know why he does it? He's graced for it. He has the measure of faith for it that I don't have. 
and then there's also you can see there's measures that means there are also different degrees different levels okay you know i mean i'll tell you right now god sent us here to take the city i have faith for the city you hear me talking about it all the time where do you think it comes from i'm not here just to run a little local church we're sent here to take the city And then, that, and then, you know, you start speaking that way. It may, may scare other people, but how am I? I'm taking the city. That's a big thing. Actually not. I just need one smooth stone. No, it doesn't scare me because I, I, have, the, I have the faith for it. The, the Lord put it in me. He's given that faith to me. It's not something I develop by meditating on Scripture and confessing it. He's given that because it comes with the territory and the calling that he's placed in me. And the same thing for you. Whatever God's called you into, you're going to be graced for it and you're going to have the faith for it. That's a beautiful thing. So no one can say, I don't have any faith. You have a measure of faith. Whatever it is that God's called for you is, you have a measure of faith for it and the grace. And that's a wonderful thing. Because, you know, you're not going to do it in the flesh. You can't do it in the flesh. It's not about you striving. It's not about you trying harder. It's just simply that you've been graced for it and you've been given the faith for it. And that's why it says that you should not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. What does that mean? Don't overstep the boundaries of your grace and your calling and your faith because you're going to be like naked. David shows up. They try to put Saul's armor on him. It's so heavy, the kid can't even move. He, he goes to face Goliath. He's going to get slaughtered. He realizes it. Wait a minute. I'm graced for the smooth stone with my slingshot. And I have faith that I can take out this giant with my sling. Do you see that? So you want to understand. You don't want to have an exaggerated opinion of, of yourself. Uh, you know, you need to rate this ability with a sober judgment understand the limitations or the boundaries or the realm of influence that your calling your gifting your gracing comes with and when you operate within the boundaries and within the realm and then the lord will can increase it too he can increase your measure because we know that if you've been faithful you'll be given more but he'll start you out with a measure. When you've been faithful, you've been operating within it, you're getting the results, you, you're, 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 you're fruitful in it, and the Lord can increase that. So that's very key. That's a big key to understanding that you don't want to overstep because I've seen people in ministry who weren't called to certain things and they stepped into it and they... It, it, it was a big failure. It was a big blow up. And I've seen other people in business that were very successful in business. And the Lord graced them for it. They were anointed for it. And the wrong people got around them. They kept saying, man, you'll, be, you'll make a great pastor. You're such a great business leader. And they get in the ministry and they completely fail and they hurt people. Listen, you're not graced for it. You're not called for it. Don't let people talk you into things that you shouldn't even touch. Right? So that's why you have to have a sober judgment of who you are, what God's called you to do, and be content with it. 
And don't let other people push you. I, I know people that got into ministry because their, their parents pushed them into it. And they hated it. And they probably should have been in a doctor or an engineer or something. Who knows? Or the wife pushed the husband or the other way. I mean, you know, only God can call you. No one else can call you. I can't call you either. I'm not going to put something on you that God didn't call you for because it'll be a disaster. I don't want to hurt you. Or, and I'll also tell people. People were like very, like, I got to get in a minute. I'm like, hold on. Wait, wait, it's not time yet. You're not ready yet. And they get upset with me. I'm actually trying to protect them. I can see that they're not ready. Their time hasn't come. It will come. Trust me. I love you. I'm not trying to hold you back. Okay? So this is very important to understand. The measure of faith and the grace that God gives is very, very important to understand. But this has to do with your calling and your gifting and your operation in ministry. And again, when I say ministry, I'm not just talking about pulpit ministry. Your business can, is a ministry. Okay? Is this clear enough? Because this is very, very important. Muy importante. Did I get that right? Okay. So this is the measure of faith. Because people ask me, what is that measure of faith? God gives you this measure of faith, and it comes with the operation and the function that he has for you within the body. Because if you look at the next verse, you'll see the context. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. It's very clear, the context. It's your function in the body. The context is very clear. Go to five. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So each individual has a function. Each member has a function, and your function comes with a supernatural grace that God gives you and a measure of faith that God puts in your heart for you to fulfill your function. It all has to do with your function. That's why you shouldn't compare yourself with anybody else because their function is different than yours. One is the hand, the other one's the foot. One is eyes, one is ears. Everybody's different, but everybody is important. Everyone is important, and everyone... Every, come on, say this after me. I have a function. I am a member of the body of Christ. And God has given me a special grace and a measure of faith for my function. When I find where I fit, it's all great. If I'm out of place, it's not great. <laughs> okay. I mean, can you imagine a 300-pound uh, uh, a defensive lineman trying to catch a, 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 a 5'10", 180 wide receiver that's running a 4'3". The guy can barely run a 5'4". He's, he's out of position. He can't cover that guy. He's, he's supposed to block, you know, the offensive lineman or whatever. I don't know. I got into this football thing now. <laughs> but, it, but, yeah, I mean, so they have different functions. You, and the coaches always say, do your job. Stay in your position and do your job. Whatever you're called to do, just do that. Don't try to do the linebacker's job. Don't try to do the defensive back's job. Do your job.
do your job. Whatever your job is, do it. Everyone has a different job. If you're not gifted to sing, don't even try. <laughs> I think this is helpful, right? Okay, let's get a few more. Okay, so verse 6. Then having gifts, differing according to the grace. There it is. Bible is very easy. It clearly interprets itself. When you look at it in context, it, you understand what the measure of faith is about. Gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. Do your function. Do your job. Whatever, wherever God's placed you, understand that. Be content with it. Don't try to be somewhere else. If you're a foot, don't try to be a hand. Okay? Be in position. Can you imagine? There's an ear right here, an eye over here, and a foot sticking out here. It looks like a freak show. When we can get everyone in the body of Christ to fit where they're supposed to fit, it's going to look amazing. But unfortunately, we deal many times with people out of position, trying to do some other function that they're not called to, and getting in, upset with this other one or whatever is going on. So when you understand having gifts differing according to the grace that is given, and then with that comes the measure of faith. Okay? Now you can operate by faith, because faith has to act, faith has to operate, and, and God has an operation for you, a, a job for you, a function for you, an action for you. Then you, you're gifted for it with the grace, and then you're equipped with the faith. Now you can act on it, and you can be fruitful. It's wonderful, and you'll be effective in your calling. You're called to be a pastor, evangelist, a musician, work with kids, work with youth, outreaches, soul winners, whatever then it's going to be wonderful. And you're going to be happy, clappy. Maybe you just call to cook. There's some people who shouldn't cook. Maybe serve what somebody else cooked. That's fine. Okay? So I think, I hope that that clear, clears the measure of faith. That's the first kind of faith we're talking about, the measure of faith. That's about your function. Then let's go to the next one. This is the faith that comes by hearing, which we've been talking about, Romans 10, 17. Faith that comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Okay, this is not a faith that's gifted to you. This is a faith that comes based on the amount of word you hear. That means this is not a measure that God sets and gives. This is the, what we call ever-growing faith. This is the, the faith that grows, ever-increasing faith. This is a faith that you can either have or not have at all. This depends on you developing your faith. Okay, let's go to Romans 1, 16 and 17. Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who what? Believes. So for the one who doesn't believe, there's no power. Power of God is for the one who believes. Are you a believer? Do your job, believe. And guess what happens? Power of God begins to work, manifest in your life. Go to 17, look at this one. For in it, what, in, in what? In the gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. From faith to faith to faith. So this is increasing levels of faith. The more you develop your faith, the more your faith can grow. 
How? By hearing, applying, believing. The Word of God is not going to work for someone who doesn't believe it. The Word of God is not going to work for someone who doesn't believe it and speak it. The Word of God is not going to work for someone who doesn't believe it, speak it, and do it. Amen? So you can be a Christian and be in unbelief. Isn't that right? So you want to make sure that you root unbelief out of your life. And the only way you're going to root unbelief out of your life is by putting the Word of God, the truth, seeding that into your life. And then it's going to root out unbelief and it's going to replace it by belief and faith. Okay? So this is, what, this is the second kind of faith. This is the believer's faith that the believer can develop and increase. This is the ever-increasing faith. Somebody said, can my faith grow? Absolutely. Look at 2 Thessalonians 1.3. Your faith can grow and your faith can also decrease. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. Why are they thanking God? For their faith growing exceedingly. And the love of every one of you all abounds. Their love is abounding, growing, and their faith is growing. So, you can see, because your faith grows exceedingly. This is what we call exceedingly growing faith. So, say this after me. My faith is going to grow exceedingly because I'm going to do something about it. Okay? My love is going to abound toward others because I'm going to grow in love because I'm going to do something about it. My people don't love me, Pastor. You love them. You can't control what they do. But I'm going to love them whether they love me or not. You know why? Because it depends on me. As far as it depends on me, I'm going to walk in peace with everybody. Is that the instruction the Bible gives us? As far as it depends on you, walk in peace. Walk in love. It depends on me. I protect my heart. I can't help protect their heart. That's their responsibility. But I know that I'm going to take care of what I need to take care of. I can't take care of your house. I'm going to take care of my house. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Come on. This is my house that the Lord put me in charge of. I'm going to make sure the Holy Ghost moves here. We preach the word and, and we get people healed, baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. We preach faith into them. We help them grow. And then if devils come, I'm going to deal with them too because this is my house. I can't help the other houses. If they're a mess, that's their problem. Okay? Say this after me. My faith, My faith is going to grow exceedingly because I'm going to do something about it. Okay. So this is the second kind of faith. This is not the measure of faith that God has gifted to you. This is faith that grows because of the amount of word that you hear and put in and then meditate on and learn and grow and, and apply on everything. Okay? And then I'll close with this. And the third kind of faith is the gift of faith. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Do you have the whole thing? 7 through um, 11. Yes. 
Okay. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Okay. This is the chapter on the, the nine gifts of the Spirit. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. So these are two right there. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Okay. Word of wisdom is about supernatural information about the future. Word of knowledge is supernatural information about the past and the present. These are things you could never know. They come by revelation. These are, these are called revelation gifts. So these are two of the revelation gifts. Go to the next one. To another, faith by the same spirit. So you can see God can give you, gift you supernatural faith. Okay. What could that be? You, you need that gift of faith to raise the dead. You need that gift of faith to, to work a miracle, walk on the water. You need that gift of faith to, to say, the gift of faith is the ability to believe and speak and receive a supernatural miracle. And it just comes on you like this, boom, and it's like you, you speak it, fill those water pots with uh, water and serve them and it turns into wine. I mean, that, that, that's the gift of faith. Bring me the five loaves and two fish. We'll feed the 5,000. You give them something to eat. And then that, that's the gift of faith in operation. It's just, it's like a high octane, super duper. It's like, it's like all of a sudden, it just all doubt and unbelief leaves you and you just speak crazy. And then it comes to pass. And you even think, what did I just say? Because it wasn't even you. It's like God just filled you with that supernatural faith. It's the gift of faith. God literally gifts you faith. This is like, this is the ability to do a miracle. This is the ability to, to say supernatural things, to do supernatural things. To another, gifts of healings. Gifts of healings by the same spirit. That, so the gift of faith and the gift of healings, these are power gifts. They manifest power. Okay? To another, working of miracles, verse 10. That's another gift of power. To another, prophecy. That's an utterance gift, which is prophecies a Supernatural utterance in a known tongue. And that's the simple gift of prophecy onto edification, exhortation, comfort. To another discerning of spirits. This is not the gift of discernment. This is the discerning of spirits. This is the ability to see into the realm of the spirit and to see what's going on. It's like the Lord just pulls the curtains away and you're able to see into the realm of the spirit. You can see if it's a spirit of infirmity or a spirit of divination or a spirit of fear or if it's the Holy Spirit. Or it's an angel of the Lord. Every time people saw an angel in the Bible, it was the gift of discerning of spirits in operation. Okay, Paul, discerning that the, the girl had a, a spirit of python divination, said, come out of her. Right. So that's the discerning of spirits. And we, need to know, we need to have this. Because sometimes they'll come and they'll say, this, these are men of God. But then it's a spirit of divination speaking through the girl. It's a flattering spirit. It's like a... It's just deceiving spirit. You got to be careful. There's like people like that. They come around church. They talk like they're Christians, but they're actually full of the devil. Yeah. We need that operation. Okay. To another different kinds of tongues, another utterance gift. To another interpretation of tongues, another utterance gift. Verse 12. But the one and the same spirit works all these things, distri distributing to each one individually as he wills. So this is based on the will of the Holy Spirit. He chooses when, who, how, 
and what? Not our will. So we can make ourselves available. Lord, I'm available. Use me in the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm going to develop my faith. And I'm going I'm to develop my spirit, man. I'm going to become a spiritual mature Christian so that you can use me and trust me. Because, I mean, he doesn't, he's not going to give these to immature people. It's like giving a kid a loaded gun, right? It's not a good, good idea. But when you can be trustworthy and, and he can trust you and then you will walk in love and you will do this in love to be a blessing to people, then God can use you. But if you're, gonna, if you're looking for the gifts so you can make money, that's going to be a problem. That's merchandising the anointing. So he's got to be able to trust you and then you've got to understand all these. But it's, so the gift of faith is as the Holy Spirit wills. So we don't really have much control over that. But we can become the kind of people that are available, that he can pour that into us, and it can operate through us. So this is a gift that can come into operation at, at, a, at a moment, at a time. It could be just a split. It could be just for a second. Or it could be on you. I can tell you right now, when my wife and I left Istanbul, Turkey, and we came and we had the word of the Lord go to West Palm Beach, start the church. It's like a gift of faith came on us. We just knew that we just knew that we knew we couldn't fail. Like we knew. We just knew. I mean, you have to have the gift of faith come on you to leave a church you've been pastoring for 18 years, turn it over to your associate pastor, take seven suitcases, leave your house, furniture, car, everything, and come to a city where nobody knows you. We had 12 full-time staff come here. I had to start everything over. Started doing things I hadn't done in years. Oh my God, I got to do accounting? What? I got to print my own flyers now. I had people to do that for me. I literally had to design the graphics, print the flyers. And five years now, I mean, we're still nowhere near what I, you know. Now we got a few staff, you know, we, people, but, you know, this thing's going to grow. I need 12 staff, full time staff. We go on television. Jesse's uh, like, I want to do sign language. We're going to get there. Jesse, just be patient. I really want to do it. We just, you know, it's a matter of staff and getting it done. You know, it's like everything. So it is what it is. And I remember we were writing the gift of faith. And I remember the day it lifted. I was like, oh, my Lord. But I just felt like the gift of faith just lifted. It was like I was in a cocoon. Whatever I asked for, it pop came in. Money was not even an issue. I didn't even think about money. It was just, it, it, I didn't even think about money. I didn't even pray for it. I'm serious. I never even prayed for any money. And the day, the, 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 the month hit and I was like, oh, okay. Um, this is a challenging month financially. Uh, get me the checkbook. I need to sow seed and start calling money in. I'm serious. For like six months, I never even prayed for money. Whatever I needed, it just came. That was the gift of faith. It was the, the grace of God. But then the Lord's like, you know, you're not going to ride my, the gift of faith for the rest of your life. You're going to need to, you know, do you understand? Yeah, you, you got to work for it. You got to work on your faith because it was different. Now, you know, you're in a different area, different kind of people. And now I, I got to develop my faith and, and for this area and for other things and how to do stuff here. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. 
Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.